0: Have you ever thought about that while you're away your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd and it was just an amazing investment honestly because you know as you are accruing value in your property you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. Twenty One Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real, so you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? (laughs) Do you?
1: Yeah. Okay, well, here's
0: something's gonna flip the script. Okay. All right, Twenty One Seeds Infused Tequila.
1: Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah,
0: 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a
1: minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female-founded. That's right. See?
0: Sounds See like- how yeah. I know? Something
1: I can get behind.
0: I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm
2: paying, like full names. It's super weird.
0: Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then?
2: Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it.
0: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply.
1: Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And
0: my name is Oliver Hudson.
1: We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And
0: what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling revelry. No, no. Sibling revelry.
1: Don't do that with your mouth.
0: (laughs) Sibling revelry. That's good. Hello and welcome.
1: Oliver! Kidding. I can't believe it's our first back. First empty back. At it for long. It's been a while. We haven't done it, this for a while. I,
0: I know, I know, and, and and the and the people have been clamoring, and so we just said, you know what, we got to come back on to save the world. The we have part.
1: to do. We have to <laughs> save the world one sibling relationship at a time.
0: <laughs> exactly. Starting off with Jenna and Barbara Bush.
1: Yes, which I loved. I I didn't. I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, I've been interviewed by Jenna. Uh, have you been interviewed by Jenna before? No, I haven't. Uh, and she's great. Always has such great energy, and and I always love seeing her. And Barbara, I've I've has been at my at the ha- at the house. We've had mm-hmm. like a night together. We hung out.
0: So the fraternal twins, and there are first siblings who have ever lived in the White House. So who else do we need to get that lived in the White House?
1: Well, we should get the Obamas. <laughs> we need, you know, we need Sasha and Malia.
0: We need we Sasha and Malia.
1: And what would actually be a really crazy podcast, which I think would be really interesting, would be Jeb and President Bush.
0: Oh yeah. But maybe they, they to... do it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Think... Maybe, maybe after they found out that Jenna and Barbara did it, maybe they're like, Oh, well, we want to be cool too.
1: Jenna, Jenna's the co host of NBC Today's with Hoda and Jenna, and she's the founder of the Today Book Club. Read with Jenna. And uh, we need a
0: book club. By the way, we've I been would, talking we, about a this. Book
1: club? I would love. Yeah,
0: we should do a family book club. That would be hysterical.
1: I would enjoy that.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. so then Barbara is the co-founder and the board chair of Global Health Corps. You know, and she's also vice president of the social impact for the MBA. They just, just do so many amazing things.
1: Yeah, and they're really fun. They're so super easygoing, very personable, and.
0: Um, And they both, they they wrote this children's book. This is what they even, they didn't come on for their health. You know what I mean? They came on our podcast. Of course they love the Hudsons, but they actually wrote a children's book. um, It's their newest one called Loves Comes First. And it's on bookshelves, November 7th,
1: 2023. 2023. So it's coming. Um, Anyway, we talked about everything. We talked a lot about their rebellious years ghost stories in the White House, the influence of their parents and grandparents, much more. So enjoy this episode.
3: Hello, siblings. Hi.
1: How are y'all? How are you? I'm good. I'm glad we figured this out. This is so fun. Oh, let me get the book. Hold on one second. First of all, why don't you guys... Uh, sort of introduce yourself and talk about Jenna. I mean, we've you know you've interviewed me a couple times. Have you been interviewed by Jenna and Hoda? She, you need to come on our show.
2: I know. Oh, you uh, haven't.
0: You're not. You're not feeling me, and that's fine.
3: (laughs) You need. You need to be invited on the show. Yeah. Invite him.
0: Yeah. No. It's. It's. Uh. I didn't want to bring it up, but it's bullshit. (laughs) We'll talk about it later.
1: (laughs) Um. But let's just start with where we are now and you guys in your life and, like, what you're, you know, what you're up to. And then we'll go back and delve into that Mm -hmm. childhood. Well, so, yes, I got to interview you. I've also had the opportunity to talk
2: with your loveliest mom, which is always when I'm Hoda and my favorite guest, or she is. She's, like, just light. She's the Um, best. The best. And so... Um, yeah, I work every day on television, which is hilarious and something I never thought I would do. I thought I was going to teach and I did teach in inner city DC in West Baltimore for the first several years of my career. And then I made this pivot and it's, it's really fun um, because I'm curious and I'm interested in the way that people live um, and are and what lights them up. And I get to sit next to like
1: a joyful, a true joyful. Yeah. She's so great. She's awesome. What made you want to even attempt doing this?
2: Yeah. Well, I did not want to. And I turned the job down for the first several years. I was like, "Mm -hmm." okay. That's just nothing I would ever want to do. Um, and I was on the show for a book that I, that I wrote, which is why they said, oh, you'd be really good at this. Would you ever do this? And I was like, no, I never would. Um, And so I continued to teach. But honestly, teaching and particularly in our country's marginalized areas is hard, Mm. really hard. And I was working insane hours. I dreamed of my students. I was stressed um, like a lot of our teachers in our country. And um, my husband was like, maybe you should go take that meeting. You know, it can be a different sort of way of teaching and different way of telling stories. Um, and so I did. Did and you now, say you
0: dream about your students?
2: Oh, I dreamed about my students. Right. like It was It was all-consuming. All-consuming. Yeah. It was making, you know, and they actually, when I had the interview at the Today Show, they were like, what do you like about the show? And I was like, oh, I've never seen it. I'm at school. <laughs> <so it's->
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm usually driving to school. Yeah,
2: <sighs> exactly. But so I think, you know, for the first year I was a reading specialist and I commuted from Baltimore where I lived to New York and I worked doing both. Um but at some point I made the the decision to to be all in and I'm so glad I did. Right. That's
3: so great. And um, Barbara, what about you? What are you up to these days? So I work in global health. Um I've worked in global health pretty much my whole career. Um, I started and ran an organization called Global Health Corps for 10 years, and now I work um, for a philanthropist and it's been a busy two years given COVID, um, and everything that's been going on in the world. So, uh, it's been fun to feel like I'm not sitting on the sidelines of that. And, um, and I had a baby, so I'm figuring that all out at the same time. It's a lot of fun. My God, that is so well. So, so where did you guys grow up? We grew up in Texas. We grew up in Austin from middle school and high school, so I feel like we think Austin is home, really.
2: We were born in West Texas, which is like I don't know if any of you have been to West Texas, but like mm-hmm. if I'm in a room with New Yorkers, nobody has ever <laughs> been to where we're from, which is a really small town called midland um and West Texas is like the desert it's' if y'all been to Marfa, it's very mm-hmm. similar to that, yeah, um, and then it's and so we lived near our mom's parents, um, who I'm named after Jenna Welch and our grandpa Harold, who passed away when we were 13, but they were desert people. Um, he was a home builder. Um, and she she never graduated from college, but she was like a lifelong naturalist and learner. She taught us all the constellations in the sky. She had a rock collection that mm. Barbara and I would like go look at and she would teach us um about the rocks and and how they were made and she took community college classes till she was too old to drive till she got got into a car accident and we were like "Mm, can't drive anymore um so she so they really kind of informed so much of our early childhood
0: Mm -hmm.
1: how cool
0: is it friday night lights was that west texas that's dylan
1: right totally
0: yes I never
1: got into Friday Night Lights.
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: That was good. Watch it now.
0: It's incredible. I just rewatched it, and it's amazing. Yeah. Were
1: you guys... Wait, were you... I don't, I'm don't. i trying to think of how old you guys are. Were you born when
3: your grandpa was president? Yeah. Vice president.
2: When, when we were born,
3: he was vice president. And okay. so that was sort of like what we entered the world with on that side of our family. Um, And we were super close with them and would visit them in D.C. all the time. But our day-to-day was much more informed by... My mom's parents, Harold and Jenna.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And, and what did Harold do?
2: He was a, like in construction. He was a home builder. And in fact, he built the home that my mom grew up in and that my grandmother lived in until she was, had to move to a, like a retirement community in her late 80s, early
0: 90s. So that was more of your life then was that side of things where grandpa was vice president. It was like vice, what? Like, or, or, or was that a.
2: Close to him, you know? So it wasn't like we could go over every weekend. Um, but when we were with them, you know, we loved them and they were super present, but yeah, our life was much sort of smaller in scale than I think people probably assume Mm -hmm. for
1: how long
2: really, I think until,
3: my dad became president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were eight. Our dad became president when we were 18.
0: And oh I feel like it. Was- God. Did you hate oh that? I mean, did you hate that? I mean, was it just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> I'm 18 years old. Like, is this really happening?
1: Well, you guys weren't in the White House, though,
3: right? They were in college. No, right? Yeah. We're in college, yeah,
0: but still, Secret Service. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, You can't go to a party. Da, da, da. You're like, Thanks, Dad. Thank you.
3: We didn't respond well when he told no. us his wedding for president.
0: Oh, really? Really?
3: We were, we
2: were 16, <laughs> um, which was probably even slightly <laughs> more temperamental time than, yeah. And we, um, and I like will never What's forget like, crying. Yeah, we, do you remember where we were, Barbara? Right? No, do you? I remember yeah. crying. When we were outside, <laughs> he, like took us outside to sit on this bench to be like, I think he thought like maybe the outdoor nature of it would calm us down. <laughs> but we both cried in unison, mm-hmm.
3: we burst into tears at the same time. We told him <laughs> He was going to lose. <laughs> he going to ruin our life, which we've since apologized. And we said
2: we
1: were sorry. But we
2: were like, how could
1: you do this to us?
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: It makes sense, though. Like, 16-year-old girls, I mean, and then your dad decides to run for president, which is like, I mean, talk about— the mo like being in the craziest spotlight. I mean, that is it's just talk about a difficult thing at that
0: age. Oh, I couldn't God. imagine. How did your dad respond when you're like, "Fuck you, dad! You ruined my <laughs> life!" And was he just like, "All right, girls, like relax"? He was
2: actually. He's actually like was really calm. I mean. I think I have an understanding understanding about it. He was calm about it. Like he didn't react, he wasn't very reactive with us, which I think was a good way to be with the way our
3: personalities were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like twins, it's like two on one all the time. So it's better. It was better to be calm with us. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Well, let's go back a little bit. You're twins. We're twins. You're
1: uh, fraternal. Fraternal twins. And I, I mean, we've, we've been lucky enough to interview a couple of twins now. We actually interviewed an expert in twins, which was really oh, well, interesting. Yeah, it was cool. But let's go back to like your first memories. Like, do you guys have very vivid, specific first memories as, as kids? Well,
2: I mean, my first memories definitely, and this is the thing about being a twin, um, is that you're, my whole world, like everything that I am is because of Barbara. Like she was the one that taught me what love looked like. We had the same, we were the same exact age. So therefore like none of us had, had different perspectives on things. Like we had a very shared history and a shared perspective on the history. So definitely I just remember like at my form of love at that age, which could still be still lingering, <laughs> <laughs> very aggressive. Like, I just wanted to like wheeze Barbara. I loved her so much. I just wanted to like eat her, mm-hmm. hold her so tight. And she, she,
3: her love is slightly more gentle.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I remember smothering you. I do remember you smothering me. Those are some of my first memories, but they were, you were smothering me with love. But I have no childhood memories that don't have Jenna in them. And like the ones that I remember from when we were the youngest or when if Jenna was hurt or something like being worried for my sister or like us like exploring together. Because the best thing about a twin is you have a playmate at all times and you would have no scary first moments as a twin. Like if the first day of school, you have a partner to Mm -hmm. do it with. Or when Jenna was, I remember Jenna broke her jaw when we were in um, pre-K and I remember like being with her at school during that, like it was so amazing that you have someone by your side in all these moments. And for us, it meant that we had someone to have a huge imagination with and it made everything fun. Oh, that's so great. I'm
0: jealous. It sounds great. That
1: sounds so (laughs) wonderful. I feel like it's true. Like when you, cause I mean, a lot of times when you're young and you're growing up, like you, you really do find yourself using your imagination on your own in your room with your alone time. You find that that's when, you know, when you have your own kids, you, you watch them have those moments right? I think are really important. But to have someone to be able to do that with all the time, yeah.
0: Were you inseparable, best. like actually inseparable? Or did you have your own ideas and your own desires to be without each other and, do you, and be independent? Because there is a codependency that can exist that can maybe be unhealthy.
2: We, to- we didn't We'ren't codependent, I don't think. Do you? Or was I codependent on you and you weren't on me? I think so you like- were a
3: little more codependent. <laughs> 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 but we liked to, I mean, we had fun doing all the same stuff, but we... Like Jenna was a... Perf- it's not surprising to me that Jenna's on the Today Show. She was a performer since she was little. She was... She, like, loved to sing. She wanted to be an actress. She was constantly performing. And I feel like I was her audience in a healthy way. And we liked different things, which was really sweet of my parents to indulge us having, at the same age, having different interests. Therefore, we could be, like, I don't think our identity was ever confusing to us the way that I think it can be with Seven Twins. Mm
4: -hmm. And
3: also, we look, you know, we, I don't know, I feel like there's a
2: big difference between... Identical and fraternal. We look so different that yeah. nobody, you know, the only thing they would say is like, and even now, like people will be like, oh, the Bush twins. And for some reason, Barbara and I find that like slightly like it gives us like we're like, oof, can mm. you just call us our names? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. We're, we're 40. And Barbara gets mad when I say we're in our 40s because she's like, no, we're, we're just 40. 40.
1: <laughs> you know what's weird? I know this sounds crazy. I didn't even know you guys were twins. Is that, is you that mean I'm so not? That, uh, yeah. I thought you guys were like, I thought you guys were more like Irish twins. I thought one was a little bit older. People
2: are not all the, like, we get it one way or the other, but a lot of people are like, you have a twin, you know, like people have forgotten, which is also great. But mm-hmm. the one that's interesting, and I don't know if your twin expert said this, but about being a twin is that for whatever reason, People feel like even now that we're the inverse of each other. Mm-hmm. So Barbara came and like hosted actually your, um, Kate, your friends, um, who were so oh, Sarah, cute.
1: Sarah and Aaron. That, yeah.
2: Yeah. They, were yeah. Not, um, yeah. they were on, but that day that she was hosting, Davey, who works with me, who I love, was like, Oh, you're a little quieter than her, huh? Or you're the quiet one to Barbara. And I mean, even now, like we're grown humans, mm-hmm. and
3: and Barbara, what did you say, Barbara? You can tell them. I like, said I'm not the quiet one. It's just hard to get a word, and sometimes a
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: But like the idea that one would have to be the quiet one, and one would have to be the loud, or you know, whatever, right? That you're would,
1: never defined as individuals. You're always defined I, as I, as one. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. the one, and then therefore the other one, like. Right. And no know Barbara very well. You know, there's some wildness in there, you
1: know?
0: Who got into the most trouble? Like Jenna,
1: who... for sure. Jenna.
0: Yeah. I did. You it's were just because like... she's loud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: Barbara was, there was, in high school, Barbara was definitely, like, from eighth grade to even to senior year, Barbara was by far
3: wilder than I was. Mm-hmm. I was just more subtle about it.
0: Right, she was more what? slick. You were more a Barbara, or, or Jenna was more overt. Just like fuck it, look at me. Yeah. I'll do this. I'll Barbara, do that. Barbara, Barbara was like, Barbara whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Like I'm gonna... she,
1: in in places she knew she wouldn't get caught. Right. wild. <laughs> exactly. Although we <laughs> did
2: get um in trouble with the law
1: publicly, which
2: wasn't. Oh my god! Right. Um, That's right. A cover of People magazine. Said it said, which was like, this shows you the time. The time. Um, it, and oops, they did it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get two in my piece as well? Because they said,
3: oops, they did it again. I don't know. I know I got one with you when we ordered the margaritas together. That was
0: stupid. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. What did you get busted for? Ordering margaritas?
3: Yeah.
4: But
3: we walked into a restaurant. There were both of us together. So, yeah. I guess the point is we were naive. Mm -hmm. And our
2: dad was like, don't worry. Y'all can have a be normal college kids. Like, he basically told us, and now that I'm a parent, I totally get it. It's like he wanted to subside our fear. Mm. And our fear was that we couldn't be normal, Mm -hmm. that we couldn't like we went to a big public high school. We had a really normal childhood. And I actually think he believed it. I think he thought, don't worry, like y'all can go and do everything that and and, you know, we weren't we weren't doing terrible things. Mm -hmm. We were doing
1: we were 19 or yeah we were in college. yeah.
0: Well, well the, so uh, actually, You just so
1: happened to have a father who was the president well, of the United States. But not only States. that,
0: but it even goes back <laughs> further with your grandfather even being vice president and then president. I mean, yeah. was there ever that talk where it's like, look, girls, there is something here that we need to be careful of? Or was it just like, no, hey, hey you're, you're normal humans. Go do your thing and yeah. we'll deal with whatever fallout comes. It
3: yes. Was that wow. that was so believe? great. I mean, it's yeah. lucky there was no pressure on us to be some way that i mean who knows how you're supposed to act if your dad is the president but there was no pressure for us to act in whatever way Mm. that was but i do think i mean when we were growing up our grandparent our grandfather was so humble that i thought everyone's grandfather was president i didn't know that that was like this special thing for him um I thought like when we went to his inauguration in first grade, I thought I was about to go to all my friends' grandfather's inauguration. Yeah, And I was really <laughs> sad to realize that I went back to school after his inauguration and I asked my friend what her grandfather's inauguration was. She told me he wasn't having one. And I went. I was so sad. I went home and journaled about it in my, in my journal. <laughs> that, but it like really speaks to how they acted and that our grandparents or a grandfather in particular, didn't act like elusive in any way or that his job was any more special than anyone else's job. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something beautiful about how naive we were around that. But it also then, of course, meant that we did make public mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, also,
2: thank God, you know, because I'm so happy that our parents allowed us that space to, to fail. Yeah. Like, I think when now, and I'm like kind of with... Teenagers on the show, or when I'm with when we talk with psychologists, I think one of the reasons why kids, why the levels of anxiety and depression are so horribly high, is that that kids feel like if they make one mistake, their lives will be over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel we have to give our kids grace. Like, you know, I, it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. It's okay to make a mistake. And even though in the time it felt horrible and we were embarrassed. Our parents never shamed us. Like, they weren't, thanks a lot, you know. Now we're, now people are talking. They, they, like, my dad actually apologized to me when I called and I was, like, crying. And I was like, Dad, I got in trouble, you know, whatever. He was like, oh, like, I told you you could be normal. and like, obviously you can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second time we did it, he was a little bit more... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just don't go to a bar for one more year, and then you're free.
1: <laughs> Oliver, oh, Oliver Hudson,
0: you ready to tap these Rockies? Um,
1: let's tap it. Ow. I've tapped.
0: I've tapped a lot of things <laughs> in my life. My favorite thing to tap is the Rockies. Are the Rockies? Flight. Yeah. <laughs> It's the sexiest beer in town. (laughs) Thor's Light.
1: But let's just say it, that there's literally only one beer that is literally made to chill. Yeah, literally, because the mountains on the
0: bottle and the cans, they they, they turn blue when your beer is cold. So it's literally, literally made to chill.
1: And we're coming into the summer months. That's right. I I can't, I was actually talking about, I can't wait to get to Colorado for this summer. I want to go back and do our... I bring it, bring it a good six pack of Coors Light mm-hmm. and do our hiking. Oh,
0: yeah. That was I want to go
1: do that again.
0: You know what I do is I, I like to float, I like to fly fish. Actually, the whole family does. And you can drag those silver bullets behind the boat. So they're getting cold as you're fishing. And then you pull over, boom, crack one, catch a nice trout. I mean, come on, it doesn't get better.
4: How is the I'm, best?
0: Now I'm upset that I'm not actually doing that. <laughs> there right now. (laughs) It's the perfect companion for all things chill. It's cold filtered. It's cold lagered. It's cold packaged. It's It's just just cold. cold. So when you choose to chill, pair your plans with a nice cold Coors Light. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Colton, Colorado. Part of what I love,
1: what you're saying is that even with these, I mean, seriously powerful political figures in your family from a very early age, somehow your father and your mother were able to make you feel like you could go have a real fun— yeah teenage existence. Yeah,
0: and, and what about your mom and really all of this? You know, because we talk about your dad, of course, but how, your mom, her significance in, in your upbringing and letting you sort of be you.
2: Well, our mom is pre-naturally calm. She's, I mean, she was a librarian. She's very zen. Like, very, shockingly. Mm. It's, it's wild. <laughs> I don't know anybody as zen and calm as she is. And she, so therefore it's like she just didn't get riled up by anything like we tried to to really like because two on one can be super intense mm-hmm. you know and she's an only child so I think we tried to rile her but she stayed very calm and and that like is such a gift because her piece of advice always like when we would come with like teenage shit you know like can you say that on a podcast and yeah. we would come with yeah it was like things that hurt our feelings when we were 15 years old as a girl, she would be like, listen, I know that hurts, but I pro- like that's not big enough to worry about, mm-hmm. like save it for the things that are going to really hurt. And it's true. Cause we have things in our lives that are monumental that, that hurt us that even in high school we did, you know, but the little kind of petty things, she would listen to us, but she would just reassure us that like, they didn't deserve all of our attention. Mm. And that was really, really helpful. I mean, I don't yeah. know, Barbara-
3: Well, also mom, I mean, our mom is shockingly calm, but she also really wanted us to figure out who we were. There was no prescriptive path for us. And I know some parents like pressure their kids to figure, to follow some path, but our mom was the opposite of that. She wanted us just to pursue what we were interested in. And- I mean, we traveled with our parents around the world, around the country, around the world. I went to five continents with my parents and they just wanted to expose us to as many different people and as many different ways of being so that hopefully we would figure out how we wanted to be. Um, And I think that's a huge gift that my mom in particular wanted us to explore and figure out what got us excited, even if it didn't, you know, if it wasn't exciting to her or to others. And that was really lucky. And were you,
0: were you able to be super open with your parents, tell them everything or, you know?
3: I mean, yes,
2: we did not tell them every single thing, but we definitely could. I mean, don't you feel
3: like Barbara? Yeah, yeah I'm, I like personality wise, and am very private. So I did not tell my parents everything, but I could have. And now at this age, I tell my parents everything because mm-hmm. why not? But when I was younger, I was... Like it would have been totally allowed and accepted in every way.
0: Are you st- are you guys know. still holding a secret now that your parents don't know that you did when you were kids Where or something kind of bad? We're like, oh, shit, they still don't know about this and we're 40. <laughs>
1: probably. <That's laughs> probably. You know, it's one thing to like have a parent that people look at like, oh, I want to be just like you or your movies made me feel happy or and, you know the, you know the tap dancing parent is very different than like people who are actually in charge of yeah. our future. Mm-hmm. You know like the pressure of that is I it's so interesting that they really protected you it feels like from the, the, how, how unbelievably powerful their position, both grandpa and dad, yeah. you know, because you know, your dad was a, you know, po- as most presidents are, but polarizing <laughs> and in a very intense time, like yeah, being in college, well, let's, let's go to your grandpa first. Like, when did yeah. you guys first have that experience of like, oh, someone's like upset with my parent or someone's yeah. like pushing back and I don't really understand what's going on, yeah. you know?
2: When, for with I'll tell our grandfather and Berber, you can probably talk more to dad. Yeah. And uh, I was at a grocery store and there was a, um, like a Newsweek, I think, or a Time Magazine. I'm pretty sure it was Newsweek though, that had him on the cover and it said the wimp factor They called him a wimp, which was like such a '90s or late '80s word. Mm -hmm. You know, like we used wimp on the (laughs) playground. Yeah, I call. I
1: still call Ollie
2: a wimp all the time. I'm a proud wimp. But remember, like that was such a word of of our childhood. Do you know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, wimpy. Wimpy.
4: Yeah.
2: So disconcerting (laughs) to see somebody who I loved so much, who also like, like the way that he led was was Gentle. gentle. Yeah, was much more mental. I mean, he was a very different leader than we've seen in the last couple, you know, or the last decade. He was, he led with love. He listened. He was raised to be so humble that like actually he would get in trouble as a little boy if he bragged about like his baseball team or something. So we didn't know any of the stuff that he had done. You know, he never talked about himself. He always asked questions. Um, He always gave credit to everybody that helped him like he would never he didn't need to be like the macho spotlight I'm the king type of guy and so like to us that felt beautiful and just who he was you know and and so it it, I remember like I really confused and and it was like right around when I learned how to read so I could second grade first or second but I could read it and I could see it and I asked my mom and you know, it just, it felt like such a different way than I would have described him. But I mean, that's how he was thought of as a leader. It's like not
1: strong enough, mm. not tough enough, not bragging about himself enough. And, and did did you feel a sense of like, I mean, especially being the aggressive lover in the that, family? Were you like, that, did you feel like this desire to protect grandpa?
2: I mean, I just felt, yeah, I did. Like, I was sort of wanted to, like, move all the magazines and put something else on top. You know, like, it just so didn't match the words, so didn't match what we thought of Mm them. Like, he was our hero. We admired him so much. Mm. Uh, So that was, that was, like, sort of the first
1: and kind of only time when we were little. Do you remember how your parents, or did you talk to your mom or dad about that feeling? Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely did. I don't
2: remember what they're. I think they sort
1: of just let us
2: talk it out because I think they also knew, like, that's, you know, freedom of speech. Like, that's what comes with the territory. Um, and so it's like, what could they say? You know, like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they let me talk about, like, what that feeling felt like and how, like, hurtful it was to me as a little kid to see that.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though... They, it's again, it's part of the job. Like your grandfather yeah. and your father probably don't get stung by a lot, they, you know? No, they don't. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Yeah, they, like it didn't hurt his feelings, you yeah. know? I mean, I think he, you know, was like, oh, they they believe in the freedom of uh, journalists. Yeah. Shackley- I mean, that's the point of
1: yeah. free speech. Yeah. At the time, was your dad governor? No. When was not your yet. dad governor later. He became. Governor, when we were in the middle
2: of seventh grade. Oh gosh. Tra-
1: oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were dying. Oh my gosh.
0: And you I, I, were know, like
1: campaigning with your parents during these times too, probably. No, like, d- oh no. no. And
3: our then parents, uh, did not, we almost never. I mean, we chose to campaign with our dad when he ran the second time for president when we were 22. But besides that, we, our parents were not into having us. They didn't want us to do anything that made us feel uncomfortable or put us in the spotlight in Mm -hmm. any way, Um, which is so lucky. Like, we didn't have to do any of the sort of cheesy campaign ads that you see with the family. We just were involved in whatever we were doing when we were... I mean, 13 isn't a great time for a transition, Mm -hmm. but we were just doing our thing, and there was... And they were very respectful of that. But also, for some reason, the, the difference between...
2: I mean not for some reason, but the difference between, and I don't know if it's still this way, but then the difference between governor and president was drastic. Mm-hmm. Like we, or my dad was governor. From yeah. downtown to Austin High School, we had like a
3: totally, totally normal high mm-hmm. school
4: experience. Mm-hmm. And
3: nobody cared, yeah. you know? But I think Austin was so laid back at the time that it was, we got no attention. No one cared.
0: That's great.
3: What our dad yeah. did it was the most normal, like, movie high school experience.
0: But but that changed in college, I would assume, when dad's president of the United States. And then how do you deal with that shit? I mean, God. Wait,
3: wait, I want to go
1: back to your first time, Barbara, where you discovered, like, oh, my God, people are talking shit about my family. (laughs) You know, it's a terrible feeling because we've experienced it differently, but very different, I think, politically.
3: Uh I think, so I... I mean, I was out of it as a kid. I we I mean, I really it's like the credit to our grandparents. When we were with them, they were a hundred percent there. That we they were so present with us that I had no idea the role that my grandfather was in. But when I went to college, it was different. I went I chose to go to a school where I didn't know anyone. I went to Yale, which is like a highly political campus. I was probably the only person that voted for my dad on the entire mm-hmm. campus. <laughs> and um, and it was during the recount, the 2000 recount mm-hmm. was my freshman wow. year. And um, and there were like protests going on for the recount. And I, I did not, I mean our dad knew what he was getting into and and you referenced this before he had such a thick skin like he knows that part of the job is people criticizing mm-hmm. you that's what comes with the territory and you rise above that and so in many ways i was surprised by my experience but i had the best roommates i mean luckily i made friends who protected me and they would i found out later they would like walk with me to a party and we would walk around the protest. They would take me in a different direction. So I didn't even know they were going on just because it felt so personal to me. Um, Even though no one there was protesting who they thought was my dad, they were protesting this guy that they disagreed with. Mm -hmm. But for me, it took a really long time to disengage from how this guy that I love so much that has shown up in every way in our life and been there for me and all the sad things and all the happy things it was so hard for me to disengage from them attacking this person that I loved so deeply and who I saw so differently and part of that I'm sure is a similar experience to y'all in that in public life people will only know these certain aspects of your parents and and the beauty is you get to know all these different you know I know all these different facets of my dad that no one will ever know unless they're related yeah. to him mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it, but it's also the hard part of it, in that you want to tell other people that their interpretation is different. But I, I mean, I didn't watch the news ever. Yeah,
1: it's also people. You know, they just latch on to any kind of salacious negative story, as we know. You know, so like people, the passion, the passion, and the yeah. Did it ever feel scary for
0: you being on campus during that time, where it's like, oh, it's the Bush kid.
3: really i mean i think what was like what i really realized is that then i made friends with everyone i mean i really like i joke when i say i'm the only person that voted for my dad on campus but i probably am the only person who mm-hmm. voted for my dad on campus and i was friends with everyone and i think then you people realize like wait i'm actually talking bad about this person's dad i'm not going to do that mm. around them because you know i would never talk bad about someone else's dad yeah And so it, it, but at the beginning, that was my freshman year and I was in shock. Like I never thought of myself as the president's daughter because I'd never been the president's daughter. And all of a sudden identity wise, that's how other people see me. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a complicating experience to figure out when you're already trying to figure out what your identity is Mm -hmm. when you're 18. And
0: Jenna, where were you?
2: I went to Texas. So I stayed in Austin um, where we grew, where we went to middle school and high school, and and I sort of chose the safer route because I knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I kind of like had an instant day one group of, of people <laughs> that loved me. You know, mm-hmm. um, Barbara's
1: like, I'm just gonna jump right into the fire. Yes, yeah. yes, wow. I would th- I would think growing up in such a like, I mean. The lineage, the political lineage of your family, what is it, like, you, where do you guys sit politically?
2: Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like when people are like, you know, when there's like a family of doctors, or I guess like a family of actors, you know, people just assume like two things. One, that we're going to, like, I, it used to, for sure. I mean, I think we've sort of defined ourselves a little bit by this point. But the first question was like, are y'all going into politics? Yeah, Like, I'm sure of people will ask. If your kids are going into, like, I'm sure I've asked that question to somebody. Now I regret it. Right. <laughs> Everybody just assumes that that's, that will follow like the family business, mm-hmm. one. And then two, it's like even recently, people will say things to me like they think that they know how we vote or how we think. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so oh, interesting to me that they think because our parents, and not even both of our parents, like mm-hmm. you said, our mom has had differing views from our dad and have been vocal. Our grandmother in the 90s was pro-choice. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when, like, you know, her husband was the Republican president and she came out and said it while mm-hmm. he was president. Wow. And so I, and you know, my mom came from, her parents were like Yellow Dog Democrats down in Texas. So the point is like, we come from a family where everybody's allowed to believe whatever they want to mm-hmm. And in fact, our parents, I like just interviewed my dad for something and I was like, yeah, y'all probably think our dad was like, you need to vote this way and believe this way and you can't do this. And I was like, but he wanted us to be, you know, curious and independent. And and I was like, and now that I'm a parent, I know like what a pain in the ass that is. He was like, Yeah, y'all were a pain in the ass. You know, Mm -hmm.
4: like
2: Governor, we would Barbara and I would like read about the death penalty and sit him down and be like, "Dad, this is ridiculous." Like, and like he, he would come home from debating something to like two little thirteen-year-old.
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Like, when he was president and you were in college, now you're, you're, you're sort of becoming, you know, these women and and vocal and and do you ever, yeah. you ever like, Dad, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is this law? What is this policy? Like, I, I mean, would you ever? Talk to him about that and be like, I don't get this. I don't like it. I don't know what the hell you're doing right now.
1: Yes. (laughs) That's so great.
0: That's amazing. I
1: also love that your dad's just surrounded by girls. Like that's just, it's like, uh, you know, outspoken girls.
2: And he, and and by the way, like he, he listens. mm -hmm, Like it's not, I mean, because I think what we want, I mean, I want this for my kids too, is to feel like they can be Mm -hmm. themselves. And have their own opinions and their own beliefs. And like, and I feel like that's it seems like that's how your parents are
1: too. It's like you're you don't have to just take on our ideology. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a really sweet picture of your grandpa, my mom dancing. Oh yeah. My mom my has mom? that somewhere. I yeah. think my mom has it framed in the house somewhere.
0: Yes. Um, I think. This is when she, didn't she spill her drink on his she, lap? You,
1: she spilt her drink and then they danced. Yeah. Like she said he was just the, the best. Man. At the White House or where was it? No. Do you know? No,
0: it was, it was at some it was sort some of dinner. a dinner. Yeah, she's just picture of them it was an old,
1: like in the 90s. But they had
0: the best time. Not cute. You know it's so funny? I was just thinking because as a parent, like, you know, you want to do anything to please your kids. You know, like if they have a problem, you want to try to fix it in some way. Yeah. Even when yeah. they probably are older. And so yeah. if you have sort of – if, 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 if your dad's the president of the free world and you have real feelings about something, it's almost hard as a parent to be like, well, sorry. Like this is the way I yeah. want to do it even though I know you girls are so passionate about this, you know. Because I, you have the power I, I, to to affect policy at that point yeah. because you're playing to your dad's love and heartstrings in a yeah, sense, then, you then know. Then, yeah, although we were like – and, you
2: know – Again, like we were so, I mean, college is just such a selfish time because you're like innately for everybody. You're trying to figure out what you want to study, who you want to be, what friends you want around you, like whatever. And so it was, you know. And you know
1: everything and you don't want to talk to your parents about it because they don't know anything.
2: Yes. Like we just sort of, I mean, there were definitely times, I think, where we both would call and be like, dad, you know, Mm -hmm. think about Way, but the but not, like, in our day-to-day. Do you know what I mean?
0: We mm-hmm. weren't, like,
3: working advisors to the president. No, of course
0: not. I mean, the but, thing is, right when he got into office, uh, fucking 9-11 happens, too, which is yeah. just— That's
3: just, what but, I was going to say is 9-11 happened so early in his presidency that I think when we were around him, we just wanted to be funny and make him laugh mm-hmm. and entertain him and try to provide some levity so that he wasn't thinking—you know, we didn't know what he was on his mind— when we were with him and he obviously never would bring it up because he didn't want to put any weight on us in that way. But I think we tried harder to like entertain him whenever we were around Mm -hmm. him rather than bring up Mm -hmm. anything difficult.
1: I wonder too. I mean, think about it. It's like, it keeps hitting, it keeps kind of like, like, you know, your uncle, like everybody in your family is like very kind of politically focused. I mean, most does Um, ever, do you ever have moments where you're just like, like, angry at them for any kind of, like, ideas or ideology or, you know? I mean,
2: like, all families, and particularly over, you know, in the last decade, you know, there's some families that can't sit across from each other Mm and because politics have become so divisive and polarizing. And so, you know, in the time when everybody was having those conversations— which I guess is still now, but p- particularly in that sort of era, of which I know you're, you know what I'm referring to. Like we were, like all families, right? Mm-hmm. And we had conversations where everybody would have different points of views, yeah. Um, but mostly we all <laughs> sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, but I think that's sort of what. And somebody said this to me once. They were like so your parents and your grandparents put humanity above a political party? And I was like flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like
3: they, it's how it's supposed to be. <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but like they haven't always voted for the Republican candidate mm-hmm. because right. they've, again, like they're open and they've said that, you know, mm-hmm. that's public knowledge, but they're yeah. open and they, it's like a case by case, you know? Yep. And I think there's like nuance and mm-hmm. our family's conversation, mm-hmm. which is like what's missing so much. Oh God,
0: from it's gone. It's so going much. away rapidly. If it's if not, if not already gone, now yeah. there is it's there is no. It's not about ideology. It's not about what you believe in. What's in your heart. It's just about power and sort of yeah. staying in power and, and, and staying in power at all costs. And it's just yeah. so, so crazy. What does this say about public service? What kid wants to be president now? I know. What kid wants to be like, I want to be president of the United States? It's like, no fucking way. Yes, look, look at this. Like, look at I this know. mess. It's Who wants so to get heartbreak. into politics?
3: And now. People always, um, I mean, obviously our whole life, people have always said to us as they probably have to any member of our family, are you going to go into politics? And we used to be so aggressively, we would respond so aggressively, like on the count of three, we'd say no, like as loud as we could basically. And now I would still say no, but it breaks my heart because I actually, you know, it's really sad if people don't want to go into political office or don't want to go into service. Um, you know, that's such a disheartening time, but it's so impossible to be in that world oh, right now. God. Yeah.
1: There's no respect. There's no sense of, you know, camaraderie or... You know, solution oriented. People stopped listening for some Mm -hmm. reason. they're, They're all playing up to be like the loud person in the room. And yeah, I don't know.
0: Real quick, getting back to you guys, though, for a second, because you were so inseparable, high school, growing up, everything. And then boom, now you're off to different colleges. I mean, was that break tough for you guys? Was it was it difficult?
2: Well, when we were little, and this is like another benefit to our parents, they
3: sent us to different camps, different oh, summer camps. Oh,
0: wow! Which smart. was so
3: smart. Since we were seven, so yeah. we had to navigate by ourselves and you know be on our own and make friends by ourselves, which was really smart. I feel like it wasn't hard to separate for college. We it was almost like we got double the college experience. Like we got. Like, I'd go stay with Jenna all the time. She would come visit me all the time. And I was friends with her friends and she was friends with my friends mm-hmm. at Yale and still oh, now. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was only additive when we separated. Like, we got to then live through each other also. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to spend any
1: time in the White House?
3: Yes. Yes. We,
1: okay. So you would like sleep, ever sleep there? Did you, did you have rooms? Yeah. yeah
3: rooms and our mom was really smart she put two queen beds in each of our rooms so that we would come and bring a ton of friends um right.
0: did you so ever bring your boyfriends to- there yeah yeah okay so did you make love in the white house to oh your boyfriend oh my
1: god oliver <laughs> yes uh <laughs> i bet I, for, for come year. on you use the term make love. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to be
0: sensitive here, you know.
1: I mean, somewhat
2: respectful. <laughs>
0: right. We're talking about the White House. You you got to make love. Listen, you know. listen. No. I'm
2: gonna remember if I'm I'm sure we did. Did we? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: probably no, comment, but that's probably
2: oh my God. no comment. No
0: Morris, comment. Like, no comment.
1: By the way, that's so funny. <laughs> I, I I could you imagine that like that. It, like just going to your friend's house Like in college Being like hey why don't you come Like yeah. we're gonna like visit our parents And you just go and <laughs> hang yeah, out at the, the White house. house By the way that's how we would have talked about it too Like Yeah we, Oh we're going home to
2: see our mom and dad I mean that's how we That really is how we thought of it But it was It was a fun place for some parties
1: Yeah I'm sure yeah. I mean I would also think um, What about go? What about Is it haunted Yeah Wait.
0: It is is. Isn't It, it? is
1: Wow Definitely.
0: Wait, wait a What do you I mean, I mean, do you I mean have it's to haunted? Know. How do you know?
2: Believe- no, we heard a ghost. No, but you didn't believe me the first time. The first time it. my phone rang, because this was like, again, we were tw- how old? Like, like a tw-
3: Nokia phone.
2: We're 20, and we had a Nokia phone that rang. You know, we would like boyfriends or friends that would call at like three in the morning. You know, now that's like when my alarm clock goes off. But anyway, we like <laughs> somebody <laughs> all the, the night. And we were staying with our parents for the summer. I was working at a charter school. Where were you doing, Sissy? Something. No idea. Yeah. But we were both there. Yeah, we were both there. The phone rang. I answered it. Like, it was like, I'm asleep. Like, I'll call you tomorrow. Hung up. And I was still awake. And I heard opera. And I'm not, it's not like somebody could be listening. It's the middle of the night. We both had fireplaces in our room that we never used, but they were there. And all of a sudden, like, I felt like it wasn't just like hearing. I felt like a gush of wind and like somebody singing opera loud, like as if they were fucking fireplace. Sorry for the bad words. So I ran in and I jumped And Barbara's room was right next to mine. I ran in. I like jumped in her bed. I was like
3: so scared. And she was like, no, no, it's not that. And then Barbara, two nights later. Two nights later, I was, we were sleeping in the same room. I was in Jenna's room. We had both fallen asleep, and all of a sudden, we hear like 1920s piano music. Yes, coming from the fireplace, but as if someone was there playing the like, piano. Like I a- wonder
1: if Chelsea had the same thing. I have to ask chel Is I wonder I if she had any of those experiences? I,
2: I don't know. She was there more than we were, so she might have. But we we. But then, I the next morning, I like get, we talk ourselves out of it. There's a, there is a piano outside, yeah. or there was outside our room. So we're like, possibly it's like the cat. You know, the, the, playing a the 20s, cat
0: like, some like opera.
1: 20s merry
2: time. That would
0: be even weirder. You walk out, the cat's like,
1: oh.
0: like wait a minute. Something's really weird.
2: We And then I went outside. First, <laughs> who we loved named Buddy, who just retired. Actually, was there. And I was like, buddy, you're not going to... The piano gonna... was closed. Yeah, the piano was closed. I mean, we just said that to ourselves for sleeping purposes. Okay, I can go back to sleep. And I was like, buddy, gosh, like, you won't believe what we heard. And he was like, oh, Jenna, like, that's like, you will not even fathom the amount of things we've seen around here. It's
1: wow. like, that's like, Berg. But those were our two experiences. Of course. But, but of course, I mean, it's the, I mean, think about yeah. how many... Different yes. people have been in the yes. White House, you know, throughout the years, and how like fraught each of the
2: times, yeah. like. Yeah. But they were friendly. Because yeah, love music was obviously. that just so the that- one
0: time, or did it happen more?
2: It happened twice, just Those twice, pieces. just twice. But there are other things that other people, like remember Reagan had that story of like <laughs> a, <laughs> Prince, and then she found out that a baby had died
3: in Baby had died in the White House. Yeah. And saw baby footprints in her room. Yeah.
0: There's probably so much secretive stuff that goes down in that place. I
1: mean, baby footprints is that's even weirder because when baby's walking. (laughs) There were, and also the well, like a one-year-old baby, <laughs> it's like baby footprints is like really creepy. And like a walking baby, it's just nuts.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
1: You guys have done a lot of writing. It's kind of manifested its way into these children's books, and so one of the, I want to make sure we touch on this a little bit. So, when did you guys decide? Well, first of all, your first book was really a really about you guys together, wasn't yeah. it?
0: <laughs> Bestseller, New York Times.
1: How was that experience for you?
2: It was, well, we decided to do it on the day after the 2016 election. And we had a meeting um, booked and we went with, like, to talk about actually the children's book. That's where we were going to start, which is easier. I said, I don't take so long to write. Mm-hmm. And
3: then we both felt like so much of the night. Of, I had spent the night before with Jenna to watch the election results come in in New York. We live four blocks from each other, and I went over there. And the night got later and later, so I just spent the night with her in her bed. And my mm-hmm. husband, yeah, her husband was out of town.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and so, when we woke up the next morning, we were going to this meeting about a children's book, and we were both so surprised by the election results, like so many people were when they woke up the day after the election in 2016, and we had realized that we'd spent so many election nights together, some on elections that were more personal, you know, like Mm -hmm. so much, you know, involving our family, all of which were important for the country. And we ended up deciding on the subway to our book meeting to write, instead of a children's book, to write a, a book of short essays that were more sort of a love letter to each other, to having a sister and a partner in our life, and also a love letter to our family members Sort of around the bigger message of what we've been talking about, that like humanity is what matters and not, you know, devotion to your political party mm. and trying to show these other sides of people that had cho- chosen service and normalize that experience. I mean, that's what it ended up being. I don't think we knew it was going to be that in the moment. No, I think like, and at first we were like, we want a
2: love letter to sisterhood because no matter like what political party you were in, the way women were talked about in the 2016 election was mm-hmm. not okay with us. And I, at that time, I had two little girls, like a brand new baby girl who's now six, but like, you know, a tiny infant. And I just was like, this is not the direction we need for for our girls. And so
1: that's, the, that's
0: we decided
1: great. really like around-
2: Oh, that's night.
0: great. So it was inspired by that. I love that. Okay.
1: So then that, and then that was a bestseller. And then you finally got to now- do your children's book, which I got to read to my daughter yesterday, which I was really happy about. Aww. Super cute, super power sisterhood.
2: I, yeah. And so it, it's all around like so. The first book was really about blood sisters, like Barbara and I are, but this is all around friends. Like I think I know kay from friends that mutual friends that we have. And um that you have like a group of women that make you feel powerful and brave. And Barbara and I have that same thing, not you know, not only in each other, but in our colleagues. Like, I, I don't know what I would do without Savannah and Hoda. They like are my lifeline. They pick up my kids from the bus when I'm out of town. Like, it just is about how we want our girls to support each other and to love each other and how each of us have talents that are, You know, human. But together with our group of of friends, they can become like super powerful.
1: Yeah, and I think it's such a a important message because it's okay to remind ourselves that as women, we are predisposed, based on historically how women had to, you know, protect themselves, that we are predisposed to compete with each other. That we need to actually change the way that old part of our brain. Yeah. You know, can react to other women yeah. like that. We actually are much stronger when we're supporting and connected to <laughs> each other than the old ways we've been taught through sort of, you know, the patriarchy and all of that. We're
2: patriarchy. happier. <laughs> no you know, patriarchy. much happier <laughs> to be surrounded by a group of
1: funny. Oh my God. Awesome- it's just. Oh.
0: Are you blaming the, the patriarchy for no, <laughs> your no, no, cattiness?
1: No. no, no, I'm, no, I, <laughs> yes, no.
4: <laughs>
1: Please, well, no, I'm it's surrounded a- by men. I wish I had it's some so more women in my though, life. It's though, because... I have three brothers. But also,
2: like, what we hope with this book, and I see this with my daughters, my daughters and Samana Guthrie's daughter are best friends, and, like, the way they act to each other is how I want Mila to have friends for the rest of her life. Because Mila, you want, and Brene Brown actually, like, writes about this, but you want people in your life that make you feel like anything that you have that's innately yours is powerful and awesome. So, like, as opposed to, like... So, for example, I said to Mila, I said, how was Bale in the play? And she goes, oh, Mom, she was spectacular. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's who I want to be friends with. I don't want, like... Brene Brown calls them like the candle blower outers. Like the person that would be like, oh, you like math? Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're into- you like dance? Ew, dances for babies. Like I- my kids, they're allowed to do whatever they want. But if a little candle blower, o- blower outer mm-hmm. comes over to her <laughs> and acts like that in front of them, I don't know how I'm going to respond. Yeah. You're going to be like, like bye.
1: Oh, I I'm know. Gonna be like,
2: you're not hanging out with them. Because a- well, it's time for you to go home. Right. Like I always had somebody that, I mean, there were mean girls and there's that period of like seventh grade and sixth grade that's just awful for anybody, you know? But uh, like I innately hadn't in Barbara, you know? So i look for it now in whoever I'm going to surround myself with. Barbara, what were you going to say?
3: I agree with that. I also think like, I mean, it's a good reminder that you have to walk the walk. I mean, you know, thinking of myself that I have to walk the walk too. And um, in that, like when you're little, you're always watching what your parents do. And if your mom walks the, I mean, Kate, I think from what I know about you, you do this. If your mom walks the walk in that way, then that's what you think is the norm. Yeah. Uh, And I think that, you know, I mean, that goes back to what we were saying about our grandfather. He was so humble that we thought everyone acted like that. Like it's only when you get older that you realize that's not the case. But it's, I mean, it's hard. It's so easy to say when you're not in an emotional moment, but our lives are only additive because of each other. Like my success is not diminished because of your success. Rationally, we know that. And then you have to, hold yourself accountable to being the person you want to be mm-hmm.
0: i just own my disdain and anger for people who make more money than me and are more successful oh shut uh, up. you just own it it's like okay yeah you made two million dollars for that piece of shit like oh god all right whatever you know i own it cool
3: you're not in the superpower sisterhood <laughs> yeah you gotta, we gotta
1: get ollie in here all
3: right. ollie we'll convert you yeah to be
0: you, <laughs> He
1: <laughs> join you join the sisterhood every Halloween.
0: I do pretty much. You guys ever fight doing the book, being like, "No, I don't want to say that," or "This picture sucks." No. Or, never, <laughs> wow, never. Do you guys do you fight?
1: fight? Yeah, we yeah, used to fight.
3: We haven't fought in a long time. But well, it was all about. I mean, it was primarily about clothes, really. Yeah, mm. the sharing, <laughs> like sharing. We had a hard time learning how to share. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to share better. <laughs> I would give
1: anything to have a sister that I would fight over sharing clothes with. Sometimes when I when I think about like whenever we interview sisters or my friends who have sisters it's like it's like looking at like uh, it, it's like looking at I feel like it's like an alien relationship to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um my mom is the closest thing I have to that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, we have, it's sort of different because we have cousins that were boys, acted like brothers. So, like, I feel like a sister is harder to replicate than a brother. No offense. It's true. It's fine. In his older age, he's
1: uh, he's bringing more of femininity.
0: I'm extremely (laughs) feminine.
1: Who's you know? I feel like sometimes I feel like he's like my sister. Very feminine, very
0: emotional. He
1: is. He cries with me. I'm very
0: empathetic. I have major anxiety. You know. Yeah. That's
1: not. I mean. I mean. (laughs) That doesn't have to be (laughs) part. That's not like gender specific. Well, let's do the speed round. Okay. Cool. All right, one word to describe each other. Funny. Brilliant. Wait, okay, wait. I'm
2: describing your brat, yeah. obviously. I'm describing y'all.
1: Yeah. Thank Brilliant you. and funny. Okay. Who was the boundary pusher?
3: Uh me. Probably her. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna assume that Jenny, your boss here as well. Who's boss here? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but I- or like some holiday I'm not or i got I guess my kids gave it to me. I'm like looking around to find out I'm not the boss, I'm not bossy, I'm the boss
1: Ew. <laughs> okay or- who was now we we actually interviewed another uh this man who's wonderful who's researched siblings and sibling dynamics who said there's always a favorite, and it does change that usually with a family, there is a favorite child, and then it can move around. Is there a favorite child with you two? No, no Barbara.
3: Me. Barbara
2: is now, but when we were, <laughs> Barbara was my mom's favorite, and I was my dad's, and now it's just pure Barbara.
0: Is it all Barbara <laughs> all the time?
2: all Barbara. Under- <laughs> oh, my God.
1: I see it do, now more with our grandchildren. I can tell which grandchild is sort of in the favorite spot. Right. Yeah, you
2: know. Do yeah. your
0: parents admit it? Or are they just like, yeah, no, Barb's the famous.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, but probably behind my back. Oh, and they admitted it to you? No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, oh, when Jenna. oh, wonderful behind my back. Yeah, great. Like, right. Thanks, on. guys. They actually said it. <laughs>
0: yeah. First concert.
2: Paul Simon. Yeah, Paul Simon Graceland tour. Ooh, oh, that's by the way. a good one.
0: Love
3: Barbara of oh Play First spring. That's the first. Cool.
0: That album was so good. Um, oh God, it's the
3: best. The first one we
2: went to by ourselves was Pearl Jam, and I was looked up and Barbara, and we were like yeah, we were probably too young to be by ourselves, and looked up, and Barbara was like a tiny, she still is, but was like a little tiny. Human men was like crown surfing. <laughs> 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 so what
1: song do you remember was it like black like what song was it That's
4: so fun yeah that, I
3: was, probably was black we were 13 mm-hmm. it was the early 90s uh, we Girl were Girl Jam was pra- the best who's more of a prankster probably me Jenna, yeah. Jenna, Jenna April Fool's Day is Jenna's best holiday mm. oh I love really April- she loves.
2: Yeah, I, I forgot about it this year. I didn't go all in. I because
1: know.
2: Usually, like, yeah, we do some really wonderful, well, wonderful.
1: <laughs> um, okay, who is the better student, Barbara B? Who's more artistic? Oh, we didn't even get into your dad's painting.
0: Oh, I know. Oh,
1: always yeah. no, good.
2: I think me. It depends. I- um She's more artistic in them. I'm more. I'm more of a writer. She's more of a painter. Yeah. Got it. Are, I know.
0: What about first celebrity crush?
3: Oh my gosh, Jonathan Brandis from the movie Ladybugs. Oh my Barbara god! L- what? I don't even. Passed
2: know. away. RIP. It was horrible. Who? <laughs> Do you remember Jonathan Brandis? Did he pass
0: away? So my, my ex-girlfriend I dated for three years, her name was Vanessa Shaw, and she was the star of Ladybug. Of Ladybug? it yeah,
3: yeah. was so good.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: really? Yeah, it was but like a soccer her,
0: movie.
1: I don't remember much about, about it. Was it a soccer movie? Yeah, was soccer. It like soccer. I had so many first my, wishes, I can't my even here. pick one. It was like... I Tell like, us three. Who were your first top three? My top three was Corey Haim. Okay. Oh, yeah. Joey McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Joey McIntyre. New kids. New kids on New the back.
2: block.
0: I like Nicole Eggert. That She was like it for me. Char- Charles in charge.
1: Ugh. You can tell we're all at the same
2: time. Right. Uh,
1: okay. Who is more organized? Sissy. Who's more of a minimalist? me Mm, I just have
2: three children yeah
1: right
0: who's more of an asshole
1: Oliver (laughs) that's actually a really interesting yeah (laughs)
0: who's more of an asshole
1: (laughs) I got your question
2: (laughs) Barbara's like Barbara can be an asshole but I think Barbara's
3: more of an asshole That is not true. <laughs> yes, you, you are definitely yes, more of an asshole. asshole. <laughs> remember when you
2: texted me on the blink chore. You're more of an asshole. You're just a quiet
3: asshole. Oh, that's so funny. Don't funny. Remember that's when a- I texted you? Don't. for what? <laughs> But what did I text you? Oh, well, tell me after. you texted
2: me. You're kind of like deeply inside a little bit of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm
4: not.
1: I've got like some scratchiness. Yeah. For
3: sure. You need to be scratched. It's so interesting. <laughs> Who's more
1: of an asshole with us? You no way. I'm not an asshole so. at all. But you say the most asshole. Things. Yeah, but but is
0: a joke. Not I you I mean,
1: asked us Like I man. am so not an asshole. But you're you actually, more of an
0: asshole than I am. But 100%. I'm not. But I'm not. Yeah, you like, are. Like what?
1: Give me one thing that I've ever. I, we said. just
0: got to pull everyone around <laughs> us. And no, we,
1: I actually think this is what I think I, is. I'm not saying you're an asshole. I'm saying you're more of an asshole funny. than I am. I think because you're funny.
0: I can get away you with get things. You get away
1: with things, There's therefore, no doubt. but deep down you really are no, the bigger asshole. No way. Yes. <laughs>
0: no way.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I'm too nice to no, be an asshole. No,
1: you think you're so nice, but really deep down you think about I care too much about people's asshole asshole feelings. Kind of things. No.
0: Like I'm gonna you get I'm gonna text now.
1: You're texting Family Affair? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> we have our, our Family Affair group text. Text them. Ask who our family that's thinks is that. more of an asshole. No way. I think
0: it's, it's you. St- it would start too much of a battle.
2: The, f- the funniest part is the word
1: asshole. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's part of it. Exactly. <laughs> well, you're definitely more of a dickhead.
0: I'll, take, a- I'll take that.
1: <laughs> she just protective, you know? Yeah. Protective. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Um, Finish it up. Was that the last question?
0: No. No, no, no. <laughs> It's like the first time we've ever asked. Okay,
1: that. one bucket list item. One thing you haven't done that you really want to do.
3: Shit. Well, I mean, one thing I want to do again because I haven't been doing it is travel. That's not very exciting, but I feel like my life has been limited mm. due to Barbara, COVID.
2: You just went on the Orient Express from yeah. Venice, Paris.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> in the Friday. She has yeah. and she now she's got the bug again. Yeah. I've got a plug, bag time.
2: I'm oh, with you. I'm that with you on that sounds
0: amazing. One. I would love to.
1: I mean, that's,
2: and meanwhile, it's like, I've gone to <laughs> 4 Texas. Yeah. To yeah. job every day and three children. So when Barbara's yeah. like, I just would love to, like, get back out there in the world. I'm like, <laughs> yeah received postcard from Venice. You like, yeah. yeah,
1: you like, you like took the kids to Garrison, New York.
0: She's the asshole for sure.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> got some you got to wake up every day at three in the morning.
2: <laughs>
1: i um, would love to travel a little. am like, eat it, Barbara. Funny. Okay, so what is your bucket list? What would um, you would? Well, I'd like to learn how to sing.
2: J-Lo, J-Lo said that her book, well, J-Lo said this via Hoda, so I'm not, you know, we don't but <laughs> J-Lo said that her vocal coach can teach anybody how to sing, and as Barbara alluded to, I wanted to be a Broadway star when I was a small child, so <laughs> I'd like to go to J-Lo's coach and mm. learn, like, not how to be J-Lo, but, like, how to carry a tune,
3: you know, that's, that's
0: I'm not sure what it's for. It's very no, doable.
3: Right. Yeah, but do th- you can achieve this? Yeah. Also, see, Kate is a really good singer. Oh, I know she is. I've seen the films that she's been.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love to sing. Oh, um, okay. I'm gonna. Oh, wait. Two more things. Tequila or vodka?
2: Tequila if I'm going out at night because it's an upper, and vodka if I'd like to go to sleep and wake up at three in the morning. Okay. An-
1: but like <laughs> Desert Island, where, what are you doing? What are you bringing? Tequila.
2: Uh-huh. Well, I guess I'm going to need the energy. I- gonna- oh. so tequila and lemon. I drink lemon in my
3: drinks. Far, refreshing. I'd say vodka, but I've um, I've lemon <laughs> <limit> my drinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I'll be behind the bars,
1: but she slowed it down, slowed the, the drinking
2: uh, down. Oh,
0: damn.
1: The so almost a halt. <laughs> okay. Um, one other thing: beach or mountains?
3: Beach, I mm, like a mountain on the beach.
0: That's a good one.
3: Oh, like big surf. Like why either or? Can like it be Barcelona?
0: Barcelona.
1: Barcelona
3: is a sea. Yeah. There's Barcelona. mountains. On,
0: there's, it's it's mountainous. Well. Barcelona looks kind of like LA.
2: Or Lusha kind of right.
1: It's a some hill you can climb. Right. You know. Okay, all you want to ask the last one?
0: Uh, Two parter. Two-part question. So if there is one thing that you could alleviate from your sister to make her life easier, what would that be? And then the flip of that is if there was something that you could take from her that you could make – that you could take for yourself, something that you admire that you wish that you had, what would that be?
2: It's a very, very deep question. It needs a minute. Well, I can
3: could give my sister more hours in the day. My sister does a lot. Mm-hmm. She has three kids. She wakes up at the crack of dawn and is on TV. Mm-hmm. So not alleviate, but I wish I could give you more time. I would love more time. Thank you, sissy. Um,
2: what I would alleviate, because sometimes you have a hard time sleeping. It was my power's low. Can you hear, see me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I would take away... What I would take away from her is the ability not to sleep well, because sometimes she doesn't sleep well Mm. and that messes with her.
3: I would love that. I love sleep. It's one of life's great joys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then what would you take, like, if there's something that you wish you had for yourself that your sister possesses?
2: Oh, I know. It doesn't really come into play now in my midlife, but I wish that I could have taken her SAT score and also her ability to do math as a child because she missed one problem or two problems on her math SAT. Wow. That
1: Oh, my God.
2: So if I could have taken that little part of her brain. I'm good and- at the standardized test. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've
3: taken one in years, but I was good at them. <laughs> I no longer need that, but that would have come in handy before. I will take my sister's ability, new upcoming ability to sing. Yeah,
2: great. This is <laughs> her hobby. That is such bullshit. Come come up with some parody, huh? I'm fine. You're about to have it. Well, and, and it's not actually in the works, but okay. I'll Barbara,
0: try to that's get on a, it. that was a very assholy answer.
3: See, I totally <laughs> <laughs> The other thing that I would take is for your energy. I think you have good energy. I do. Got some keo.
0: Okay, <laughs> this is great. Settled.
1: Perfect. You guys, thank you. So happy to talk and chat. I'm glad you guys came on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, super fun. And I hope to see you soon. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: Bye. you. That's Let's Go. See you later
0: sibling revelry is executive produced by kate hudson and oliver hudson
1: producer is allison President.
0: editor is josh windish
1: music by mark hudson aka
0: uncle mark if you want to show us some love rate the show and leave us a review this show is powered by simplecast